All right, time for a classic rainy day activity. The globe is spinning. On the count of three, wherever your finger lands, you have to move there and live there for the rest of your life. Are you ready? Ready. One, two, three. Argentina, the tango, and they have the most beautiful money I've ever seen. Like, picture a rainbow. And my finger landed in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. You gotta let me have one more spin. Okay, one more spin. But this is the real one. No take backs. No take backs. I promise I'll move wherever my finger lands on this globe. Okay, here goes. One, two, three. India. Nice. Never been, but I've always wanted to go. And I got the Indian Ocean smack dab in the middle. Well, that's kind of like India. No, it isn't. It's water. If someone asked me, what's your address? My answer is water. I live in water now. Oh, don't feel bad. The earth is mostly water, you know. Well, let's trade then. You live in the ocean. I'll live in India. You know, I don't want to play with this globe anymore. This game is unfair. Let's just roll the music. You're listening to Million Bazillion. I'm Ryan. And I'm Bridget. And we help dollars make more sense. Let's hear today's question. Hi, my name is Henry, and I live in Maryland. I'm nine years old, and I have a question. Why are many toys sold in America, but made in China? This is very perceptive of Henry. He's probably noticed that a lot of the stuff we buy, from toys to books to clothing to men's toupees, have a tag or a label that says the country it was made in. Yeah, and our listeners can see this for themselves, too. Grab a toy if you've got one and then turn it over. See if it says where it was made. We'll wait. See? A lot of toys today are made in China. And Henry, we're going to dig to the bottom of this. And no, I don't mean dig through the center of the earth all the way to China. I tried that and it doesn't work. But we're going to find an answer to your question. Oh, and I have an idea where we can start. Ryan, get your flashlight. You're going to need it. And listeners, you can join us after this. And now it's time for asking random kids not-so-random questions. Today's question is, what are the most fun things you can do without money? You can go to the playground. Bike riding. Going for a hike. You can go to the library. One thing you can do without money is read a book of history. Origami, because you can make all kinds of cool things, such as an origami Yoda. And you can also play with your friends. Playing tag and playing hide and seek. The most fun thing you can do with Elma is use stuff you already have. That was Bobby in Maryland, Evie in Alabama, Roman in Michigan, Avery in Roshan in California, and Daphne and Colette in Wisconsin. This has been asking random kids not-so-random questions. Okay, we're here in the attic, and we're looking for our toys. <clears throat> I think I just ate a spider web. <clears throat> and uh, we're looking for our toys to see if we can find out why so many of them are made in China. Oh, hey, I found the toy chest. Jackpot! Jackpot. Look at all these old toys. It's Optimum Flex, leader of the Transmorphers. He's a robot who turns into a bug. 
Wow, it's Ragdoll Amy. She was an early redheaded style icon for me. And whoa, check it out. It's Botticelli. He was my favorite member of the post-teen monster samurai salamanders. Post-teen monster samurai salamanders? Yeah, and the only thing the salamanders like more than fighting crime is scarfing down some tasty tacos. And look, he still has his little slime pouch. Tonga Wonga, dude. Whoa, Botticelli, you can talk? What in the world? All toys can talk, dude. We toys have a life of our own, man. I mean, I guess I had my suspicions my toys could come to life, but I thought that was only when people weren't around? Uh, that's kind of an old-timey toy rule we don't really follow anymore. Now we all talk whenever we want. It's kind of a bummer, to be honest. Like, every bouncy ball has to chime in. Why? And some of the little cowboy figures have pretty outdated views, brah. So, Botticelli, we are trying to find out why so many toys are made in China. Were you made in China? Totally. And I remember it like it was yesterday. Me and all my post-teen monster samurai salamander friends journeyed all the way from a Chinese factory to a toy store in Indianapolis. It was a gnarly ride, dude. Yeah, but why China? I mean, I was looking at that globe, and China is so far away from Indianapolis. How can it possibly make sense to make toys so far from the people who will play with them? Uh, well, bro, do you want the long answer or the short answer? The long answer? Short answer. Uh, well, I'll just give you the medium answer, dude. It all started like this. I was first designed by a toy maker in Costa Mesa, California. Dude literally drew me on a piece of paper and then carved me from this little block of wood. As a designer of toys, this is it. My magnum opus. The perfect toy. A sword-carrying, crime-fighting amphibian with a laid-back surfer vibe and a hunger for tacos. Look, your idea is clearly genius. But every toy designer needs someone like me, a toy company executive, to figure out how we're going to get these toys made and for cheap. So it's pretty normal for a company to design their stuff in one part of the world and then actually make it in a totally different country. And then they sell that stuff in any country in the world. Get me every toy factory in the world on the phone. Hello, toy factory? I got some manufacturing business for you, if your price is right. So dude, toy companies aren't interested in things like fighting crime or scarfing tacos. They want something called profit. That is the money the companies keep for themselves after making and selling each toy. So like the cheaper they make the toy, the more profit they keep, dude. That's how they get like rich. Now listen here, people want a well-made toy, but they also don't want to pay too much for it. I still want to make a profit, so I'm looking for some place that can make these salamanders for the least amount of money. So knowing all this, how much would you charge to do the job? I don't love that number. Hello? Toy factory? I want to make hundreds and thousands of this little, uh, salamandery toy. Caesar salads? Salamander, not Caesar salads! Most companies also look at how much other toy companies are selling their toys for, and then they try to sell their version of a toy for a little bit less. It's called, like, competition. Okay, so I found a factory in China that can make these toys for $2 per salamander. That's way less money than the place we used last time. At that price, I can sell these toys for $10, which is less than some of the other toys out there, and I'll still make a huge profit. 
That was the medium answer? Well, dude, once upon a time, toys were made all over the world. But these days, China is the place to make toys. They make a lot of toys and super fast, and it doesn't cost the toy companies all that much money. Like, you would not believe all the different toys I saw being made in China when I was over there. It was sick, dude. Well, I guess that answers Henry's question. Now we can spend the remaining 20 minutes of the show playing with these marvelously made-in-China toys. Come on, Botticelli, it's slime time! Wait, don't you want to know why Chinese factories are good at making stuff? Or how they do it for such a low price? But it's slime time. No problem, guys. You're getting stoked to dive deep in this question. Like I said, toys used to be made in a lot of different places around the world, but China figured out a way of making toys that changed all of that. Hey, Roberta, Roberta, you around? Roberta, dude, you around? Think you could help us out? I'm right here, honey. Happy to help. Hey, it's Roberta. She's America's favorite fashion doll. Oh, well, actually, my job is unspecified, hun. I could be a powerful businesswoman or lawyer or business lawyer. All right, she's a powerful business lawyer doll who has a thousand different outfits. Were you also made in China, Roberta? Oh, you betcha. The thing about China is that it's got all these factories where people are really good at doing a specific thing, like making plastic doll bodies or sewing doll wigs, making all my doll clothes. But then on top of that, all those factories are setting right up next to each other. That is super good news for a company that wants to make dolls super fast. They don't need to wait for toy parts to ship from, like, the next city or anything. Oh, okay. So you're saying because China has all these factories that are so close to each other, it's somehow less expensive to make the toys? That is correct. Ah, who are you? I am the tile-based assembly toy Gravitrax, a genius toy for genius tots. Oh, boy. A stim toy is in the house. Now the party can start. I believe you're talking about industrial clusters. Industrial what now? To understand, imagine you are in your kitchen, preparing a large meal. Oh yeah, like tacos? Yes. For our purposes, let's say you are trying to make several hundred tacos. That's a lot of tacos. Sounds like my dream, dude. You need a lot of ingredients. And you have to go to one market for the tortillas, and another market for the cheese, and another market for the tomatoes, and all the way across town for the shredded lettuce. That's a lot of traveling around. There's got to be an easier way of putting together these tacos without wasting too much time or energy or ingredients. Exactly. Now imagine all those ingredients in the same store. The tortilla, cheese, tomatoes, and other taco fixings within aisles of each other and all located next door to a taco assembly factory. Much faster tacos, ponga wonga. Yes, that type of factory setup is called an industrial cluster, and most Chinese factories are set up in such groups. This type of super efficient setup lets the factories make a whole bunch of toys without wasting too much time or materials. Ends up saving money. Whew, now I get it. So putting together tacos or um, uh, toys in a fast, efficient way means it's cheaper to make things. Great taco analogy, Gravitrax. And thanks for the assist, Roberta and Botticelli. Oh, dude, always happy to have things explained in taco form, brah. Okay, now that all the toys have had their say, there's nothing left to do but play on this rainy day. 
I say. But wait, 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 wait. That's not the whole story, dude. We have not talked about the most epic part. And I'm going to need some help. Hey, bouncy balls. Bouncy balls. Yeah. Can you go find Jennifer? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I know the one you're looking for. I can help. Hey, watch it, you bouncy balls. If I slip on you and fall, that's bad news. I'm a big guy with a bad back. But first, all this explaining is making me super hungry, dude. Can we get some tacos over here? Okay, we'll be right back after this uh, taco break. Okay, so Bridget is off, uh, I don't know, going through boxes. I could have sworn it was in this box. We've been learning why toys are made in China, because all their factories are close to each other. Oh boy, oh boy. Good luck with that, Bridget. <laughs> okay, since we last left off, a bunch of other toys have gathered around to listen, and we've got space for everyone, so uh, we can scooch in. Oh, great, the bouncy balls are back. So glad they were invited. Okay, uh, so I'm guessing the reason why so many toys are made in China is a little more than just uh, the factories are close to each other, huh? Oh, yeah, there are lots of costs that go into making a toy. Think the raw materials, the plastic or wood or what have you. Also, the cost to pay the people who make the toys, the factory workers. I found it, my public radio reporter action figure, Jennifer Pack. She's a marketplace reporter covering China's economy. I know a little bit about Chinese factory workers. She even comes with a little microphone and a tote bag. See? She was a thank you gift for donating during a public radio pledge drive. You have the strangest toys of anyone I know. Oh, you. From Shanghai, Marketplace's China correspondent Jennifer Pack has more. It's true. One reason American toy companies have come to China is to find cheaper labor. It is cheaper to find workers in China than it is in America. One reason why the labor is cheaper in China compared to the United States is because there are so many people. Can you explain how that works, Jennifer? There are 1.4 billion people in China. That's billion with a B. And hundreds of thousands of them were moving to the east coast of China, where a lot of factories are clustered together. They weren't making much money in their hometowns, and they were eager to work in the factories. And I don't know about you, but I have been in those factories, and those jobs are hard, dude. And those workers are all far from their families. They might only go back to see their family like once a year, dude. Plus, on average, factory workers we talk to work at least 10 hours a day. And it's normal to go over 12 hours a day to make more money. And they work Mondays to Saturdays. That's six days a week. That does sound like a tough job. And six days a week? Most workers only work five days a week in the U.S. The work rules aren't the same all over the world? Bruh, don't you know that laws and customs about work are totally different all over the world, man? Even within one country, the laws about workers are different from, like, state to state. You can call it gnarly or you can call it bogus, but this is just part of the worldwide economy we live in, duder. A lot of factory workers in China don't make a lot of money. And it's not a lot of money in the city where they work. But it's a ton of money if they spend it in their hometowns in the countryside, where things are cheaper. So if they save the money they earn, they can renovate a home back there, buy an apartment or car, pay for education for their children, buy medicine when they get sick. Over time, this has started to change life in China. There's been a whole generation of people who worked in the factories. So now these factory workers' children have grown up. 
Some of them have gone to university, and they don't want to work in these factories. These factory jobs were just a way to get a better life for the next generation. And all that got us right back here. Hello, toy factory. I want to make hundreds and thousands of this little uh, salamandery toy. Caesar salads. Salamander, not Caesar salads. Remember when my manufacturer was searching for a place to make me? Well, now let's hear the rest. Of course, salamander. That makes sense. What kid's gonna play with a Caesar salad? Am I right? I can make lots of things in my factory here in China. Tell me more about what you're looking for. People want a well-made toy, but they also don't want to pay too much for it. I still want to make a profit, so I'm looking for some place that can make these salamanders for the least amount of money. Well, we've got all these factories that are next to each other, so we're a very efficient place to make your toy. We can make the figures here, the slime pouches next door, and the swords, plastic tacos, and other accessories across the way. I like the sound of that. And we pay the workers less than a lot of our competitors. It's all going to lead to more savings for you. You got yourself a deal. You can make my salamander toys. And while you're at it, you better start yourself a new factory that makes giant wallets, cause we're gonna need them. You and me, I mean.、Uh, the factory workers can keep their small wallets, but you and I will need big wallets. Nah, I'm just joshing you. That's a little manufacturing joke. A lot of companies made the same choice my toy company made to start making toys in China. Not all companies do. There are still toys being made in the U.S., but in the end, that decision comes down to the toy company bosses, not the factory workers or even the factory owners where the toys are made. Toy companies might make fun stuff for kids, but like they're totally run by adults who know exactly what they're doing when they decide to make their stuff in one place instead of another. It's like I always say. The boss isn't always right, but they are always the boss. Yeesh, Gravitrax, you're cold as ice, man. Say,、uh, what would happen if a whole other country came along with workers who could make stuff faster and for less money than China? Would the toy making jobs start to move to those countries? Oh, that totally happens sometimes. Right now, China's trying to make more high-tech stuff like fancy smartphones and stuff, and other countries are trying to get into making stuff too. So that's like a little bit of competition for China right now. We have cousins who were made in Indonesia. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh. Hi, I'm Anna, and my money joke is. Where do crocodiles keep their money? The riverbank. Wow! Wow! A lot to chew on here.、Uh, well, we really appreciate everyone's help in answering Henry's question. I think we've learned that there's no one reason why so many toys are made in China. I mean, I think the one reason is extremely clear, dude. It's money. Nevertheless, learning about how the world makes stuff, where and why, gets real complicated real fast. There's so much more to say on this question, but we don't have enough time. We can't do it all in 20 minutes. It's too complicated. We tried. It's just too hard. It's too much. For now, I'll just say, it's worth taking the time to consider the cost, the true cost of our toys. Not just the price tag on our toys. Now we have like three minutes left for some quality rainy day playtime. Let's do it. I think there's one more toy who wants to add something. 
Oh, I know you. You're that globe from the beginning of the show that kept landing me in the ocean. What do you want? As a globe, I got something I want to say. Oh, great. Another speech. More speeches, everyone. Great. <laughs> Fellow toys, collectibles, and learning devices, I come to you not as the product of any one nation, but as the product of today's interconnected planet. You see, when China decided to become the factory of the world, it wove a thread between its own people and the people of every country across the globe. But not a single one of your toys is made by a country or a company, but by the hands of a real person. And just as these toys help you widen and stretch your imagination, as you get older, you must continue to widen and stretch your understanding of where the things you buy come from, and who makes them, and how they're made. And lastly, to understand that no nation is an island in a world so connected. I have a feeling there's a whole lot more to learn on this topic. And we've got some of that at our tip sheet for this episode at our website. That's marketplace.org slash million. Yeah, that was great. But uh, stop spinning. I'm serious, Globe. You're making me dizzy. Stop or I'm going to stop you with my finger. Just try to stop me. Oh, I'll stop you. Come here. <laughs> Your finger landed on that article. You're going to live there forever. Stop! This isn't funny! I don't want to live in Antarctica! I can't live any place that's cold! I'm legitimately bronchial! How did you even hit Antarctica? It's at the very bottom of the globe. I didn't know it would count! <laughs> Thanks for listening to Million Bazillion. We help dollars make more sense. We'll be back next week with a whole new episode. And if you want to keep getting smarter about money, sign up for the Million Bazillion Academy and get four weeks of lessons you can do at your own pace. Sign up today at marketplace.org MBA. If you are a fan of this show, which I think you are because you've listened this far, please subscribe, leave us a review, and tell your friends about us. It really does help. Million Bazillion is brought to you by Marketplace and American Public Media. This episode was written and hosted by me, Ryan Perez, and Bridget Bodner, who's the senior producer, too. This episode was also produced by Marissa Cabrera, edited by Jasmine Romero and Sandin Totten, sound designed by Chris Julin, mixed by Becca Weinman, and our theme music was created by Wonderly. Our digital producer is Tony Wagner. Donna Tam is the director of On Demand at Marketplace. Neil Scarborough is the VP and general manager. We are grateful for the voicing talents of Kimberly Adams, Sabri Beneshore, Marcus Gallimé, Drew Jostad, Chris Doolin, Jennifer Pack, Melody Perkins, Mel Rosenberg, and Donna Tam. And this was a very tricky question, so we had a lot of help from our Marketplace colleagues to answer it, and we really appreciated their time. And special thanks to the people who provided the startup funding for Million Bazillion and who continue to help us keep going. The Ranzetta Family Charitable Fund and NextGen Personal Finance, supporting Marketplace's work to make younger audiences smarter about the economy. To all the grown-ups listening right now, we hope that you and the kids in your life are having some good conversations about money thanks to Million Bazillion. Help us keep those conversations going. Donate today at marketplace.org slash give million. Your support means a whole lot. Thank you.
I got something I want to say.